Blog Talk Radio.
Praise God. Welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. Sorry about the little delay there. Um, as always, if it goes silent for more than about a minute, you may try to refresh, and if not, it could be us. But most of the time, it's usually the uh, the music player, so you may just try to refresh You know your uh, blog talk, and it should be good. Anyways, if you're just tuning in, like I said, this is Prayer International Radio. You can reach us at www.prayerinternational.org. We've got a few different links up. 
uh, some materials as far as devotionals, some video, and of course we always have our archives on blogtalkradio.com slash prayerinternational. If you want to reach us by email, feel free to touch base with us at prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R, at prayerinternational.org. That's all one word, ran together. And we'll definitely do our best to respond back to you. And uh, the call-in number is 619-638-8458. just want to thank everybody that's listening in tonight. I know our friends out of Garland, uh, Marvin and Deborah, are listening in tonight. We just want to speak a blessing over their lives. And as always, our faithful friends in the chat room, looks like we've got Sherry, Grandma47, uh, and a few guests. Earlier we had Will and Warrior for Christ. Just want to speak a blessing over those of you in the chat room. Thank you for your consistency. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you that you join with us on a regular basis. That really means a lot to us just to know that we've got spiritual family and let us know that we're making an impact, making an influence in your lives. And as always, keep Sean and Rebecca Holmberg in your prayers. Our friends Paul and Olivia Pintor, and uh, you know, I always pray for my wife Tracy and I. We always need prayer, and we always welcome prayer, definitely. So, just want to lift up a few prayer requests tonight that we had come in, and then we'll just go before the Lord and see where we go in the Word. So let's go before the Lord right now. Father, we just praise you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you, Father God, for your goodness. We just declare, Father, that your glory is covering the earth like the waters cover the sea. Father, the knowledge of you, the revelation of you, the beauty of your holiness. Father, your love and your compassion is reaching out to the four corners of the earth, gathering your people, gathering men and women under your wing, Lord. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, for your love and your grace that you've freely given over our lives, Lord, that it not really cost us as much as it cost you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, it costs you, your son, it cost Jesus his life. Father, we thank you, Lord, that he's not dead. We thank you, Lord, that he's not in the grave. We thank you, Lord God, he is a risen Savior. And so we celebrate, especially during this Passover season, Father, we celebrate, Father, that the blood of the Lamb is on the doorposts of our hearts, on the doorposts of our households, on the doorposts, Lord God, of everything in our life, that the angel of death would pass over us. And we have salvation in the blood of Jesus, and we thank you for it, Lord. Father, tonight, Lord, we just lift up our friends, Marvin and Deborah, out of Garland, Texas. Father, we speak a blessing over their lives, a blessing over their relationship. We pray that you'd bless their household, bless their families. Lord, we, we pray that you'd bless their, uh, Deborah's sister and her son. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would bless, Lord God, everything that they put their hand to. Let it prosper, Lord. Give them favor in the, the place of work 
And we just ask, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we just ask that you'd bless their work. We just ask that you'd bless their work, Lord. And we just give you praise. Lord, give them a breakthrough. They've been believing you for a breakthrough. We just pray for that breakthrough to come into their lives. Father, we pray for our our friend Sherry with Pet Prep Radio, Lord, that you would just provide the finances for them to go forward with their animal ministry. Father, provide, Lord God, food. Provide, Father, finances, Lord God, for them to take care of their bills and their rent. And, Lord, we just ask, Lord God, just keep them on the farm, Lord, and we just thank you for what you're doing in their lives. Bless Andrew, Lord. Just keep him in good health. Draw his heart close to you. And, Father, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Father, Lord, we pray for, for the ministry, Ransom Horse Ministry, Lord. We just ask that the resources that are necessary to keep it together would just come in, Lord. Pray for those youth and those single-parent families, Lord, that need healing and salvation. Father, we pray for those that have been through, Lord, here locally, Lord, that are going through the disaster from the tornadoes that hit a few weeks ago, Lord. We pray that you take care of the families that need relief, that need clothing, they need food, they need shelter, they need their homes rebuilt. Father, provide for them. Lord, bring your people together to make a difference in their lives. And, Father, we just pray, Lord, for for our friend Rebecca Holmberg, Lord, her, as her grandmother's in the hospital tonight with pneumonia. Father, we speak... We speak, Lord God, a blessing over her. Lord, we pray that you'd keep her in good health. Father, we just rebuke all the power of the enemy off of her life. We just declare tonight, Lord, a good report over her. We pray that you just comfort the family, Lord, as they're back and forth to the hospital and going through some of that right now, Father God. Just keep them strengthened. Keep them motivated for their assignment, Lord God. Just keep them moving forward. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are keeping your people, Lord, in the midst of all this transition, the midst of the trials, the midst of the fire, the circumstances, situations, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you are keeping us strong. And, Father, we just give you the praise and the glory and the honor that we have your Holy Spirit, Father, to carry us through. Father, we have your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, we want to pray, Father, for the peace of Jerusalem. Father, just like Psalm 122 says, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Lord, we lift Jerusalem and Israel up to you. We pray for your peace. Jehovah Shalom, that you'd reveal the peace that passes all understanding that only is found in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua. We just pray that you would reveal provision and protection over your people, Lord God, as there's crisis in the Middle East and different things going on, we pray that you would keep them, Father, as the apple of your eye. Surround them like the mountains surround Jerusalem with a hedge of protection. The Lord God, you would just keep safety around their borders, Father. And Lord, we just pray, Father God, that you would reveal and return your presence back to your people there, Lord. And Father, we pray that for your people everywhere, Father, whether they be Jews or Gentiles, Father, whether they Name the name of Christ, Father, or whether they're under your old covenant, Father, whatever it is, Lord, bring your 
your presence back to your people. Bring your presence back to your people. Lord, you're not slack concerning your promises. Father, you're not slack, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord God, that you fulfill everything you say you will fulfill in our lives. So help us to have that faith to hang on to what you say. And we just give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Look, if you're just tuning in, you can feel free to call in at 619-638-8458. You can listen in that way or go ahead and listen in. The chat room's open, and our web address is www.prayerinternational.org. Check us out. Let us be a comfort to you. Let us be an encouragement to you. We want to be there to equip and encourage and empower you in the things of God so that you can go forward and fulfill your assignment, fulfill your destiny, fulfill the plan of God that's on your life. You know, God is drawing his people into an intimate relationship. But you know, if your foundations in God aren't strong, if you're not rooted and grounded in the things of Christ, when the winds and the waves of life, the storms and the trials come, Many are easily shaken, easily swayed, easily tossed about to and fro. But if you're rooted in truth, which is the word of the living God, which is the word, the Bible, Scripture, and you're moved and motivated by his Holy Spirit, then when those winds and waves come, when those storms of life come, you can stand. You know, the last few days, um, I've had some privilege to share some things in a few different groups, Friday and Saturday night both. And something the Lord has been kind of prompting my heart. We've sort of been in some Old Testament study over the last week, actually reading through the book of Leviticus and some in Exodus. And I know for many people those are hard books sometimes uh, when we get into the law, we get into uh, some of the framework of what the priests went through and some of the framework of the tabernacle and the temple. But you know, one thing I've found is you study the Word of God with an open heart and you're led by the Holy Spirit and you're open to what the Spirit of God is teaching. Every single chapter, every single book of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, will point to Christ. It'll point to Jesus. It'll actually reveal God's sovereign plan for his people. You know, a lot of times we think just the New Covenant uh, paints a picture of Christ, but there's so many scriptures, so many chapters, so many verses throughout the Old Testament that really are a shadow and a type of what happens in the New Covenant. And, you know, it's amazing to me how God was continually showing pictures of what was coming. And even in the New Testament, he's showing pictures of what's coming still. And so I wanted to get into a few of the scriptures tonight in regard to consecration, in regard to prayer, just in regard to some of the duties, some of the roles of the priests, and how that relates to us being the priests. You know, God says we're a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, a peculiar people, to show forth the praises of God who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
And God is calling us to be modern-day priests, men and women that will carry the people of God, that will carry the people that need to know God into his presence and come bring their petitions and bring their supplications, bring their requests before God. And that was the role of the priests. They were the mediator. Now, we know that Christ Jesus is the only true mediator between God and man. Second Timothy makes that very clear to us. We know that in this time, we don't really need a man, we don't need a woman to uh, bridge the gap between us and God. Jesus did that, plain and simple. It was done once for all. He was the sacrificial lamb, and when he gave his life, when he shed his blood, when the veil was written to, when the temple was torn, and the presence of God was released for all, just like in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost and has continually come down to dwell with man ever since. You know, under the old covenant, it was reserved for a chosen few. It was reserved for the priest. It was reserved for the prophet. It was reserved for the king. Not everybody got to experience the presence of the living God. Not everybody, not everybody got to hear the voice of God. But under the new covenant, the Bible says that even the least of these is greater than John the Baptist. Jesus himself said that in the Gospels. That even the, the least in the kingdom, even the youngest baby, even the most immature believer in the new covenant, under the new covenant, the Bible says is greater than John the Baptist. Now, that's hard to fathom in our religious mindsets. It's hard to believe for those of you that think you have to work really hard to have your Christianity. Realize that the youngest Christian, the most immature spiritual baby still feeding on milk, doesn't know when to say amen or hallelujah. But the Bible says, truthfully, all authority has been given. And that person is greater than John the Baptist. Study it for yourself. Read the Gospels. See what Jesus says about it. Do a word study and find it to be true. Now, I wanted to talk about consecration tonight. You know, to consecrate means to make holy, means to worship, means to adore in oath, in word, which is what an oath is, or in an action, or in a tradition, or in a duty. And when the priests, under the Old Covenant, would consecrate themselves before the Lord, and my text tonight is going to be Leviticus 8, but I'm going to talk for just a minute, and we'll get into out of a few scriptures out of Leviticus 8, and a few scriptures out of Leviticus 9. The reason being, we uh, celebrated the eighth day of Passover on Friday. In the eighth day of Passover, if you'll study the Jewish calendar, they actually read certain portions of the Torah, which are the first five books of the law. Okay, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all, all five. Okay, and I, I didn't get them in order, but nevertheless, I just threw them out there. They study the first five books of the law, which we call the Torah. And under the Jewish 
tradition. They study the Torah portion. Now, in most Orthodox or most conservative Jewish uh, homes or Jewish synagogues or congregations, they do not celebrate Christ. They do not celebrate the Messiah. They do not celebrate who we call Yeshua. And those of you that are North American, we call him Jesus. Okay, that's what I grew up calling him. Still do. But it's interesting that if you'll study the Hebrew and the Jewish roots of things, you'll be surprised what kind of a picture it'll paint for your Christianity. If you can get past the religion and you can get past the tradition of it, if you can look through it and read between the lines, so to speak, it's amazing how God paints such a beautiful picture about everything. I mean, even the way the temple was set up is a picture of Christ. Even the way the furniture was placed inside of the tabernacle is a picture of the duties and the obligations that we go through as Christian believers. And so I wanted to get into a little bit of this. I'm just going to scratch the surface tonight. But I wanted to talk about consecration. And I wanted to talk about what that is in regard to what the Old Covenant says and how we can bring that home and kind of modernize that or, uh, what's the word, I guess, practical, applicate, apply that practically to our lives as New Testament believers, as Christians. And if you're Messianic and listening tonight, then you definitely want to hear this. If you're a believer in Christ, you really may want to hear this. It may uh, shed some light on some things. So, again, we just want to thank those of you that are in the chat room. We've got Wendy, looks like Sherry, Grandma47, and our friend from Singapore. God bless you. Well, praise God. Well, you know, we're in talking about consecration, the word consecration means to make or declare sacred, to devote irrevocably to the worship of God by ceremony or oath. Now, that's actually what the word consecration means. And when we're consecrated unto God, it means, look, we, we set him apart. We hallow his name. We, we put that name above every other name. We put him first. We make him first. Now, I want to just share... Leviticus chapter 8 actually paints a picture for us in talking about consecration. Now, when they dedicated the temple and they were getting things prepared for the temple, realized that under the Old Covenant, Moses had one of the first encounters with the Shekinah glory or the presence of the living God, if you will, and let's talk about that for a minute. Here Moses was. He goes up on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. God actually calls him up to the mountain because he wanted to give him the law. He wanted to give him those tablets of stone so that he could bring those back to the people, declare the word of the Lord, and give people an opportunity to commune and give people an opportunity to covenant with their God. Now, a lot of times in our modern-day churches, in our modern-day religious services or whatever it is, people do the same thing with their pastor. They do the same thing with their 
prophet or the apostle or the evangelist or the teacher, a lot of times people want men and women to go and pray and then come back and tell them what God says rather than getting on their knees, on their faces, whatever you want to term it, and praying and listening to God for themselves. And so there's a lot of similarities between what Moses went through and what a lot of men and women today go through uh, with people, even with Christians. You know, a lot of people, don't, they don't, they're afraid to go hear God for themselves. Or they're just not disciplined. They don't want to make the effort. Now, when Moses went up to the mountain and the glory of God came, and he came down, it said they had to put a veil over his face because the, his face was shining so bright that it would practically knock people over or kill them or hurt them real bad. And so they actually had to cover his face up because the glory was so strong on his life. Now, what that shows us is that God is a holy God. Now, realize under the new covenant, okay, we have the blood of Jesus as our sacrifice. The blood of Jesus gives us access into the Holy of Holies. The blood of Christ gives us access into the presence of God, into the glory of God. Now, under the old covenant, when we start reading Exodus, when we start reading Leviticus, realize that at the time they had to take a lamb, tie it to a stake, sacrifice it, take its blood and spread it over the doorpost of their house, spread it all over the altar, put it up on their, their ear or their thumb or their whatever it was. And in doing so, they consecrated, they made atonement or at-one-ment. If you look at the word atonement, it's, it's at-one-ment. It brings them closer it brought them in a unity. It brought them at a oneness with God. Now, Jesus made that atonement for us under the new covenant. And so things are a little bit different, but it was still a shadow and a type. Now, listen to this. Talking about consecration, chapter 8 of Leviticus. And the Lord spoke, this is verse 1, And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, Take Aaron and his sons with him and his garments and the anointing oil and a bullock for the sin offering, two rams and a basket of unleavened bread, and gather thou all the congregation together under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And the assembly was gathered together under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses said, under the congregation. This is the thing which the Lord commanded to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. Now this was symbology. They, they cleansed the priests. They cleansed the priests with water. Now under our old covenant, this is what happened. Before the priest could enter the Holy of Holies, before the priest could enter to the place where he could burn incense and make prayers and offerings unto God, he had to cleanse himself of water. Now, under our new covenant, when we confess Christ and we come into a relationship with Christ, we ask him into our hearts, we ask to be born again, or we ask the Holy Spirit to uh, be the master of our lives, 
the first step that, that most fellowships, most believers do is to follow God in the uh, in baptism. We're baptized in water, which is a, is a symbol of a cutting off or a separation of the old thing. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. The old man is buried in that water grave. And when we come up out of the water, we're raised in newness of life. It's a sign that we're not associating with the things of the world anymore. We're consecrating. We're setting ourselves apart. Now, in the Old Covenant, God said, Be ye separate, come out from among them, be holy. And he called his people out to not live like the rest of the world. Well, when Jesus called his disciples, he basically did the same thing. He called them out and said, Look, follow me. Let the dead bury the dead. And he called them unto a life of consecration, unto a life of discipleship, which means disciplined lifestyle. So the first thing that happens in verse 6 is they cleanse the priest with water. Okay, second thing, verse 7. Now they, they put special garments or special clothing upon the priest, and we're going to talk about that for a minute and, and relate that to the new covenant that we're in now. Verse 7 says, He put upon him the coat and he girded him with a girdle and he clothed him with a robe and he put an ephod upon him and he girded him with a curious girdle of ephod and bound it to him. He put the breastplate upon him and he put the breastplate of the Urim and the Thummim and he put the mitre upon his head and upon the mitre, even upon his forefront, did he put the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded Moses. So I want you to understand these guys wore a special girdle. They wore a cloak of linen. They had a breastplate. They had like a helmet. Okay, and it, basically it was a special garment. And inside of this breastplate, there was 12 stones which represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, if you look at Exodus 28, and I'll paraphrase for the lack of time, but in Exodus 28, it talks about this a little more in depth. God says, look, God says, look, I want you to take that breastplate, and I want, to, I want you to keep it close to your heart. Now, this was a symbology of the priest keeping Israel close to their heart. Now, God says, Israel is close to my heart. So he said to Moses, he said to Aaron, in like manner, make sure you keep Israel close to your heart. Now, these are priests. Their job was to wear this breastplate, go into the presence of God. These 12 stones represented the 12 tribes of Israel. What God was saying here is I want you to take the people that are close to my heart and bring them into my presence. And I want you to make intercession for them. Now, this is an example of modern-day intercession, or what we call prayer, what we call praying for people. Okay, now, we don't have to wear special clothing. We don't have to, you know, wear some special get-up to be pleasing to God. God says this, clothe yourself with Christ. 
exchange and put on new garments. And, and when we do that in Christ, we're putting on the character of Christ. He tells us, put on the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth. And in order to come before the presence of God, we've got to come in the character of God. We've got to come by nature and virtue of the blood of Jesus. And God wants us to take those people that are closest to our heart and carry them into the presence of God. We do this by praying for them. We do this by lifting them up to the Lord, praying for their needs, praying for what's going on in their lives. And when we're done tonight, we're going to pray for a few others that we didn't get to pray for earlier. But you know, this is a picture. Okay, so they put these special garments on the priests. They put them on Moses. Moses mentored Aaron and his sons and basically told them to do the same thing. And when you come to God, when you come to his presence, first you have to come in by the blood of Jesus. You have to be washed, you have to be cleansed, you're purified with water. Well, under the New Covenant, the Bible says, Jesus says, you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Jesus said, even uh, Paul says in Corinthians, when he talks about marriage, he says, look, an example of marriage, okay, is kind of an example of Christ and his bride. And what he says is this. He says, wash her with the water of the word. What's he talking about? That's what Christ does with us. He speaks his word over us. We hear his voice. We read the Bible. And it actually cleanses our mind. Jesus showed us through the Psalms when David was speaking. He said, I hide your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. That I'll be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Well, the way we do that is letting the word cleanse us. Just like these priests were cleansed with water. These priests were cleansed with water. They were wearing these special garments. They were clothing themselves. Just like we're to clothe ourselves in Christ. We're to clothe ourselves in the armor of God. But it was more than that. They were carrying the people that they loved into the presence of God. So let's continue. Verse 10, Moses took anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was where all that was in it and sanctified them. So all, everything in it, including the people, he sprinkled on the altar seven times. He anointed the altar, left a laver in his foot to sanctify them. He poured the anointing oil on the head of Aaron and anointed him to sanctify him. He brought Moses. He brought. I'm sorry. Moses brought Aaron's sons. Verse 13. Put coats upon them, girded them with girdles, put bonnets on them, as the Lord had commanded. What's he doing? He's he's symbolizing the Holy Spirit, the anointing oil. If you read Isaiah 61, listen to this. I'm going to make a correlation here, because Jesus quoted the same thing. And then we saw in the in the book of Acts when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the Holy Spirit came and anointed that which the blood had covered. 
Now realize when they give, and you'll you'll notice this, a lot of times when we read our Old Testament, it's not written in chronological order. In fact, if, if you read Leviticus and then you go back and look at Exodus, you realize that some of the things that are in Leviticus aren't always in order, but they're in there. Why that is, I don't know. But I'm going to read this. So Isaiah 61. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. And he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty to the captives and open the prison to them that are bound. Proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that might be glorified. And they shall build up the old waste and raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities and desolations of many generations. The strangers shall stand, feed your flocks, the sons of your alien, your plowmen, and your vine dressers. Verse 6, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast yourselves. For your shame, you shall have double for your confusion, you shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, they shall possess the double, everlasting joy shall be under them. All right, so I'm just going to stop there. What is he saying? He's saying, look, under the new covenant, the Spirit of the Lord, because Jesus quoted this, uh, making regard to uh, when the Spirit came upon him, and then we saw the fulfillment of this prophecy in the book of Acts, the first fulfillment of it. There's still a latter rain. There's a former rain and a latter rain coming. And we're in the latter rain. The former rain... I believe, was started in the book of Acts with Pentecost. I believe there are still many more Pentecost experiences, many more outpourings of the Holy Spirit, many more movings of the presence and the anointing and the glory of God upon the people of God for today. But what this is is a picture, and it's interesting that God lines this up in Leviticus 8, shows us, there was a certain order for these priests, just like there's a certain order for us as the priests of God, a certain order for us as the new covenant priests. Okay. So there's anointing oil, but listen to this. Verse 14. He brought the bullock. This is about the consecrating with the blood. They were consecrated with the blood, just like we're consecrated by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus. It's the only way we're coming into the presence of God. It's the only way we have access into the presence of God is by the blood of the Lamb. And they brought the bullock for the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the bullock for the sin offering, and they slew it. Moses took the blood, and he put it upon the horns of his altar. On his finger, he purified the altar, he poured the blood at the bottom of the altar and sanctified it to make reconciliation 
upon it. And he took all the fat that was on the inwards and the collar of the liver, the two kidneys, and the fat, and Moses burned it upon the altar. With the bullock and his hide and his flesh and his dung, he burnt with fire outside of the camp, as the Lord commanded him. Why, those parts were unclean. He said, look, take the unclean parts and get it outside the camp. Take the unclean parts and get it away from where the presence is. Verse verse 18, sorry. And he brought the ram for a burnt offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram. And he killed it, and Moses sprinkled the blood upon the altar round about. All right, so let's skip down a little bit for time's sake. Verse verse 22, or verse 23. Let's go verse 23. And he slid it, and Moses took the blood and put it upon the tip of Aaron's right ear, upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And he brought Aaron's sons, and he put the blood upon the tip of their right ear, upon their thumbs of their right hands, upon their great toes of their right feet. And Moses sprinkled the blood around the altar. What is this symbolizing? Listen. Until the blood touches your life, until you have spiritual ears, until you're born again and your spiritual ears are open, and I believe that's why he put the blood on the ear, so they could hear the voice of God. Until you have God consecrate whatever you put your hand to, until you declare the blood of the Lamb is, is going to consecrate, and it's going to bless everything that you put your hand to, I believe that's why they had him put him on the right thumb. Then they also put it on their right toe, the big toe on their right foot. Why? Because they, he wanted their walk to be blessed. He wanted this was a sim, symbolic picture of whatever they put their hands would be blessed. Whatever they walked, wherever they went, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord, and God will cause them to dwell in righteous paths. Listen to this, verse 22, and I'll back up. And he brought the other ram and the ram of consecration. This was called the ram of consecration. That's what this was called. And there's something that God takes serious when he talks about consecration. We need to be consecrated and dedicated to the presence of the living God. Let's skip down to 30. And Moses took the anointing oil and the blood which was upon the altar and sprinkled it upon Aaron. Upon his garments, upon his sons, upon his sons' garments, and he sanctified Aaron, and his garments, and his sons, and his sons' garments with him. They were sanctified. They were set apart. God consecrated them through the hand of Moses. Now listen, the Bible says that we're to be set apart and consecrated, that we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, for this is our reasonable service. Think about that. The Bible says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, for this is your reasonable service. Think about that. Under the New Covenant, we're to present ourselves. We're the sacrifice. You know, David said, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Read Psalm 51. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. 
God takes no delight in burnt offerings, you know, he he doesn't care about all the worship and all the praise and all the prayer that you want to give him if your heart's not right. If you haven't presented yourself to him, he doesn't want to be entertained. He doesn't want lip service. Jesus said, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. God wants our heart. The spirit of the living God roams to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts that are fully his, the Bible says. And so God's looking for consecrated, sanctified, set-apart believers that will live holy. Yes, we have the mercy of God. Yes, we have grace. Yes, we have the blood of Jesus. I believe that. But you'll see a huge difference in your life if you'll consecrate and sanctify yourself unto God. If you'll watch the way that you walk, if you'll watch the way that you talk, if you'll watch the things that you do, David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And that's the goal. See, when we're consecrated, something happened with these priests. In in chapter 8, they consecrated. But look what happened in chapter 9. I'm going to skip over to, uh, to chapter 9. Okay, now, so they're consecrated. They've they've been covered in the blood. They've been anointed by the oil or by the Spirit. They've put on special garments. They clothe themselves in Christ and in the armor of God. Now they're going to give an offering, which, which is like prayer. Listen to this. Verse 9, And it came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said unto Aaron, Take... A young calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering and offer them before the Lord. These were offerings without blemish, pure offerings. Verse 3, and unto the children of Israel, speak to them, say, take a kid goat for a sin offering and a calf and a lamb, both the first year without blemish for a burnt offering. Also a bullock and a ram, peace offering. Sacrifice before the Lord, a meat offering. Mingle it with the oil, for today the Lord will appear to you. Verse 4 says, when you begin to worship God, when you begin to bring your offerings unto God, something happens. The Lord appears. The presence of God shows up. The difference is, and if you wonder why some people seem like they carry the presence of God more than others, you wonder why their prayers seem so much more anointed than other people. You wonder why when they come into a place or they pray or they say something, the atmosphere changes just a little bit. It's because some people are consecrated unto God and some people are not. And you'll notice a difference. Some people spend their life grieving the Holy Spirit because they live in the flesh and they live in carnality. And some people spend their life pleasing the Holy Spirit and they live a spirit-filled, abundant, spirit-filled life that's overflowing. And you can recognize the presence of God on somebody's life. Huh? You can recognize the Spirit of God. Sorry, I was checking with my wife something real quick. You can recognize the Spirit of God on somebody's life when they're consecrated unto the Lord and they're set apart. They spend that time praying. They spend that time worshiping. They spend that time alone with God. And the, the residue of heaven gets all over them. Now listen to this. He says, when you offer 
these sacrifices unto God, the Lord will appear to you. Verse 5, And they brought that which Moses commanded before the tabernacle of the congregation. And all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. That's God's plan. That's God's plan. That we offer a sacrifice of praise. That we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That we are holy and acceptable unto God. Well, the only way we're holy is when the blood covers our lives. But we still have a responsibility as believers to consecrate ourselves. We still have a responsibility as believers to walk worthy of the calling that God's called us to. Now, some people might call that legalism, but listen, there's a big difference. When you live your life grieving the Spirit of God, and you live your life uh, living in the flesh, you'll notice the blessings of God and the glory and the presence of God and the peace of God will depart from your life. Trust me. Uh, I'm a a prime example of it. I've uh, I've done it the wrong way, and I've done it the Bible way, and the Bible way gets results. It really does. You know, one day, uh, right after my wife and I got married, because I used to be somebody that would always say, oh, they're just legalistic. People are just legalistic. Those people are just, you know, religious. And certain quirks and certain things that people did, I just thought it was over the top. I just thought it was a little too much. But you know, one day the Lord spoke to me in the place of prayer. He said, why do you call legalism what I call love? And I realized that legalism is when you're doing and performing acts for God, really to be seen by man or really to please people or really to go through the motions. But it's not coming from a heart of love. It's not coming from a desire on the inside. You're just going through the motions, being legalistic, doing all the do's and don'ts. It's different when the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the, and the Spirit of God prompt your heart. And out of a love and a compassion for God, you begin to obey His Word. You become an obedient child because of your love for God. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And so the Lord one day just spoke to me in the place of prayer, and he humbled me. He said, why do you call legalism what I call love? And I realized there are some people that are genuinely in love with God so much that they don't want to miss his glory. They don't want to break his heart. They don't want to hurt him. Sorry, I was just reading the chat room. Hey, listen, if somebody wants to call in 619 619- Six three eight eight four five eight. As soon as they call in and press one, they'll be in the queue. Six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. They'll be in the queue if they press one. So you know, a lot of times we can view certain things as legalistic. We can view certain things as religious. But God's looking for our commitment level. God's looking for our consecration level. God's looking for us to get set apart with him, to come out from the world and be separate. Now, it doesn't mean we don't need to go into the the world, into the secular places, and be salt and light, because we do. But we need to be ambassadors. We need to be examples. We need to be the salt and light. We need to flavor the world. You know, the world's pretty bland without Jesus. 
it gets pretty boring without trying. I mean, there's plenty of things out there that will appease your flesh. And there's plenty of things out there that you can go out and have a really good time. And you can sin real good. Okay, but God, the blessing of the Lord maketh the rich and he has no sorrow to it. God can give you just as much joy and fun in his presence. And God can, you can celebrate. Look, there's nothing wrong with having a good time in life. But just don't sin against God while you're doing it. You know, for so long we've been told that Christianity was boring and it was drab and, oh, well, if you're having any fun, you're sinning against God. No, have fun. Eat, drink, and be merry. Enjoy the fruit of your labor, but just don't sin against God. Watch what goes into your heart. It's not what goes into your body that makes you unclean, but it's what comes out of your heart. Make sure your heart is upright before God. I'm not telling everybody to drink up and drug up and party because, I mean, let's face it, when you're intoxicated, uh, you're not in right thinking. And most of the time when you're intoxicated, you're not doing what God's telling you to do because your spirit is so off that you can't hear the Holy Spirit. You can't comprehend and process the Word of God. Therefore, you can't obey the Word of God. The Bible says if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The blessing of the Lord maketh the rich, and he has no sorrow to it. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. Allow his presence to bring that fullness of joy. Allow the word of God to just become a rich, satisfying well. That'll spring up in your soul. And we need to get to a place where we get back to the presence of God. Where we get back to obeying the word of the Lord. Where we get back and realize that we need to consecrate and dedicate ourselves back to God. And make his presence and his word the number one thing in our lives. I think it really makes all the difference in how God responds to it. I think it makes all the difference in how the blessings of the Lord either come into our life or go out of our lives. How are we going to carry ourselves? So praise the Lord. Listen to this. Let's let's skip down a little bit. God accepts these offerings from Moses and Aaron and his sons. Um, until chapter 10. And that'll that'll be another thing. We'll talk about strange fire tomorrow night, maybe. Which is chapter 10 of Leviticus. But listen to this. Chapter 9, verse 22. And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people, and he blessed them, and came down from the offering. Came down from offering the sin offering, and the burnt offering, and the peace offering. Now realize the sin offering was making the atonement with the blood and drawing them near to God. The burnt offering was making the incense, which represented the prayers of the saints. And the peace offering was making reconciliation with God. And it's kind of what happens in the old co- in the new covenant. When we come in by the blood of Jesus, it covers our sin, and we have access to God. 
when we make prayer and we seek God and we and we draw near to Him, like the verse five says, they drew near to the Lord. When we draw near to God and we lift up our prayers, it's like incense before His nostrils. It's a burnt offering. And what happens? God reconciles us. He brings peace into our lives. We have peace with God. Peace offering. There's all these little pictures in there. There's all these little things that point to our relationship with God in the Old Covenant. We'll just not look past them. This is what happened. Verse 23. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared unto the people. The glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed the altar, the burnt offering, and the fat which all the people saw, and they shouted, and they fell on their faces. Now, Exodus verse 40 shows what happens here. It says, The glory of the Lord filled the temple so bad that the priests couldn't even stand up to minister. The power of God hit that place so heavy. The power of God hit that place so heavy. That it changed things. And you know, if you'll come before the Lord, you'll get consecrated and you'll get dedicated to His presence. If you'll come before the Lord and apply His blood to your life, if you'll come before the Lord and allow that incense, if you'll have a prayer life and have a communion and draw near to God, but take it a step further, consecrate, sanctify yourself, live holy, obey the Word of God. It's not impossible. It just takes some commitment. It just takes some discipline. Jesus would never have told us to be holy if he didn't think we could. Yes, we need his blood. Yes, we need his spirit because it's not by our strength. It's not by our might or our power, but it's by the spirit of the Lord. The Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but apart from him we can do nothing. So we need God in our lives to fulfill the plan of God for our lives. We need the Holy Spirit to realize the Bible says without holiness, no one will see God. Unless we consecrate our lives, Hebrews says, look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, laying aside every weight and sin that easily besets us. We need to lay aside some of those weights that are holding us down. We need to lay aside some of those sins that are keeping us from having a clear conscience with God. And we need to ask God for his mercy and to reconcile us back to him. So we'll get into Leviticus chapter 10 tomorrow night and, and talk about strange fire. And what that means. But let's go ahead and pray and just ask God to just get us to a place where we're open and yielded. Father, right now, Lord, I just bless everyone in the chat room. Lord, I bless our sister in Singapore. I bless Sister Sherry, Pet Prep Radio. I bless Wendy in Arctica 13. I bless Grandma 47. 
bless our guest, a blessed warrior for Christ, Radio P.I., everybody that's been with us tonight, we just speak a blessing over their lives. And Lord, Father, we just ask your goodness and your mercy to follow the days of our lives. That, Father, you would turn our hearts, Lord, that we could present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. You said it was our reasonable service. It's not unreasonable. The things you call us to, Lord, are not outlandish. They're not far-fetched. In fact, they're within reason. They're within reach. And, Lord, we ask that you would draw us near. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, help us to take your word, even the Old Testament, even the books that are hard, the chapters that look so hard, and help us to find Christ on the inside of them. Help us to read between the lines and see how that relates to us today and what we can do today to be practical with you, Father. Lord, I pray for everybody tonight that the presence of God would surround them, the holiness of God would fill them, that, Lord, you would shake everything that could be shaken out of their lives so that they could have more of you, more of your presence, more of your glory, more of your peace, more of your blessings, more of your riches. And, Lord, every one of their needs be met in Jesus' name. Supply all of their needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Lord. Be the Jehovah Jireh, the provider of their lives. Show them, Father God, where the bread is. Show them, Father, where their provision is. Open their eyes, Lord. They want to see Jesus. Father, we just thank you for your goodness tonight. Lord, I ask, Father God, that you'd help us to be consecrated, set apart. We can worship you in in word and deed. We can worship you with the fabric of our lives, every fiber of our lives. We'll give you glory and honor and praise. And Father, Lord, again, I just thank you, Lord, for those that are committed to you, those that are dedicated to your presence. Father, so transform their lives. Use them to bring others to Christ. Use them to be a glory and a praise in the earth. Father, we thank you for all your wonderful blessings in our lives. Father, we thank you that you get us through the storms of life. Lord, just like the disciples were out in that boat, And they thought they saw a ghost. They thought they saw a devil. But it was actually you telling them, come on out on the water. Lord, sometimes in the middle of the storm, we think it's the devil. But we don't realize it's you calling us out. Calling us out of our boat of complacency. Calling us out of our boat of mediocrity. Calling us out of our boat, Lord, where we've settled for less than what you've called us to. Father, help everybody to have spiritual eyes and see the kingdom wherever they're at. Help them to taste and see that you're good and to receive your glory, to receive your honor. Lord, touch their lives in a big, real way. Give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. God bless you tonight. This is Prayer International Radio. We're going to keep you in our prayers. Lord, bless our friends Marvin and Deborah tonight. Help them to see your glory, Lord. Help them to feel your presence and your peace. Touch them in a mighty way. Touch our sister in Singapore, Lord. Bring her some help from on high. In Jesus' name.
Not afraid. 